This podcast is being brought to you in part by the veteran-founded Hero Soap Company, located in Phoenix, Arizona. In today's environment, we must be aware of the products we apply to our skin. As a two-time cancer survivor, I cannot afford to take chances, and I use these products myself. The soaps will leave you feeling clean and refreshed. All the products made by the Hero Soap Company are made in the United States with the highest quality ingredients sourced from companies in the United States whenever possible. The products are made in small batches to ensure high quality and contain premium essential oils and fragrance. All Hero Soaps are created without synthetic colorants, parabens, and sulfates that are irritating to the eyes, skin, mouth, and lungs, and are cruelty-free, meaning these products are not tested on animals. Each 5-ounce bar of soap is handmade in Phoenix, Arizona, and the body wash is available in 8 ounces with such refreshing scents as the woods, tea tree, lavender, the fields, bourbon, lime, the pines, and arctic. You will absolutely love this soap. Please also check out their gear for sale. All the products are reasonably priced. Being veteran-founded, the company understands the dedication and sacrifice that each family makes to serve their country. A portion of sales is donated back to charities that are focused on helping veterans and our first responders. Over 1,200 bars have been sent to our deployed troops. Please check out their website, HeroSoapCompany.com, for pricing and a detailed description of all the products. When ordering, use the code RAP for a 10% discount. The company information will be listed in the podcast notes and featured on the podcast website, Facebook group, page, and the podcast Instagram. Welcome, everyone, to It's a Wrap with Rap. I am your host, Ron Rappaport. Before we start, I would like to thank all of our listeners, supporters, and sponsors that have helped to make this podcast so successful. The podcast is being heard in all 50 states, all provinces of Canada, and over 60 countries around the world. The podcast has been ranked by Feedspot as one of the top 35 overcoming adversity podcasts on the web from thousands in that category and is ranked by traffic, social media followers, and content freshness. Please visit the podcast website. It's a wrapwithwrap.com for all of the episodes and other information regarding the podcast and to order our logo merchandise of which a portion of sales is donated to various charities and to sign up for our newsletter by entering your email address under the contact tab. This podcast features people who have overcome life's challenges and adversities, people who can inspire, motivate, and educate us on an assortment of topics. Now, my guest today is Mike Aronson. Mike is the author of the book titled Whatever. Mike has worked in retail store management over the years, which included traveling as well as managing people, whereby Mike became very sympathetic and helpful to others, generally caring about others. 
Currently, Mike has been, over the last 24 years, working as a travel director doing on-site logistics for meetings and events, taking him to locations around the world. As a result of his travels, Mike has been able to witness many things. In the late 90s, he started to document what he saw, such as a PowerPoint presentation, a billboard, a painting, a statue, wall art, Facebook posts, and even movies and TV. Mike would record quotes, positive thoughts, picture sayings, poem rants, and also take a lot of pictures. Mike became obsessed with the word whatever. Mike thought someday he would write a book with all the stuff he had collected. And during the pandemic, he found a publisher and turned his dream into a book. Mike's book is a book people of all ages can relate to and also make them a better person. Mike is here to tell us about the book and his philosophy and thoughts on life. Welcome, Mike, to the podcast. Hey, Ron, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, and uh, we can't wait to, to talk to you and find out all about this book, Whatever. I read the book. It was very entertaining. Congratulations on the book. Now, before we get into the book, tell us what was the catalyst or spark inside you that prompted you to document events in your life starting in the late 90s. Now, Ron, this has really started way back when I was very young in my early 20s in retail, where I worked for a gentleman, and people would call him a philosopher because he had a lot of little sayings and quotes and running a store. You needed things like that to motivate people. And I thought to myself, I'd like to be a philosopher someday. But I knew that I didn't have the drive. I didn't have the schooling. And so I just, you know, went ahead and just had a 20-year career in retail. Then working retail one day, I was up there at the front of the store, and I'm counting shirts, as we used to do. We'd count to shirts, see how many we sold the day before, and I'd write it on the back of the sign. Anyway, my store manager came up to me and said, how many shirts you sell yesterday? And I looked at him and I said, good morning. And then it really caught him off guard, if I remember correctly. And he said, well, good morning. And then I talked to him and told him what he was uh, answered for what he was looking for. But it really, really hit me that we're really people first. And we really rec need to recognize people as people before we get into the business. Just the little thing by saying good morning. How are you today? Things like that is just really helped, really helps out a lot. When I was in... Uh, a sandwich shop, and I'll say 1998, there was a poem on the sandwich shop wall, and it stated all about today, and the poem was entitled Today. So what I did with that poem is I just sat there and I copied it onto some paper that I had. And then I turned the book, I'm sorry, then I turned the paper and put it on my computer at the time, and then I made it and framed it. And then I took a picture of a sunrise and put the words in front of the sunrise. And then I framed it and gave it to several of my friends. And it basically it tells you today that to treat each day as your best. And in the 90s also, then Facebook was really starting and people would post an awful lot of pictures and a lot of positive thoughts. So I started to document some of these that I saw. Not many on Facebook, but more of what I saw all around in my travels. I would see 
a lot of PowerPoint presentations, a lot of meetings would be going on, a lot of people would be talking all the time. I've heard some very, very important people talk in general sessions, and I would just record something that they'd say. And if I felt that that was positive and that was a really a key point, somebody else may need to hear that. So I would record it and do something with it, and that's what eventually that I did. And also at the same time, I would take an awful lot of pictures like I'd walk by in Caesar's palace and there's a statue of David and there's the back of David. So I'd take a picture of his butt and I say, I may need that someday. Took a picture in Paris of Jim Morrison, which was the last picture that is known that he took before he passed away. Ah, what the heck? I may need that someday. So I did. So I had a phone full of pictures just like everybody else has. So when I had all this stuff and I was collecting it, I needed to do something with it in a Word document form on my computer and just added to it and subtracted and just played with it for years and years and years and years. In the back of your mind, did you have a, a thought of, of putting this in, in a book form? Yes, I did, Ron, because in my travels, I would walk through many, many, many airports and I would look at in a bookstore and I'd picture my book, whatever in the window. You need to picture things and picture your goals of what you want to do. And that helps you a lot. And I knew I wanted to have a Hawaii scene because I've been to Hawaii several times and it's beautiful there and it is just really calm. So I wanted to do that and uh, make this book. And I also knew at the time, I said, Mike, you're not going to make any money from this book and that's okay. And I've succeeded at that. Because you don't really make much money on a book unless somebody's really paying you to write it. And it's just for fun. And you know, Ron, everybody's got a book inside them. Everybody does. They just need to do something with it instead of saying, I need to write a book. Yeah, definitely. Everybody's got a story. So, Mike, tell us, what were the methods you used to document your observations? What I would do is I would use my cell phone at the time. And at that time, I really had a flip phone. Yeah. It make it a lot easier now with the phones that we have today. But And just type it into some notes. Or I would take a picture. And then I would take these notes. And then the next week, two weeks, three weeks later, go to my notes and just record them onto a Word document form. And then I learned how to use a computer program called Snippet where I could take a picture and move it, take a picture, move it to my desktop and desktop, and then in turn, move it to my word document form. My Let me take a very brief moment out to alert all our patients and caregivers out there that rare patient voice, a supporter of the podcast is paying for your input patients 16 years and older and caregivers, family and friends of any disability disorder, syndrome, illness, or condition have the opportunity to express their opinions through surveys and interviews to improve medical products and services. Who knows your journey better than you? Rare Patient Voice puts you in touch with researchers who are developing products and services that can help you and others with your condition. These researchers need input of patients to develop products and services that have significant impact on patients' lives. Over the past nine years, Rare Patient Voice has paid patients over $10 million. When you join Rare Patient Voice, you may be invited to participate in interviews, surveys, or online communities where you will share your insights. 
Rare Patient Voice usually has hundreds of studies running at any time, so there are many opportunities to participate. You will earn $120 per hour for participating in these studies. By making your voice heard, you are a catalyst for change. Rest assured, your input will be used to help other patients like you. There is no cost at all to you, the participant. You can get more information and sign up by clicking the link in the sponsor's notes. The book had at one time over 100 pictures in it. Wow. That's interesting how you did that, especially back then when when we, we weren't as sophisticated with the computers. Right, right. So why why do you think you became obsessed with the word whatever? I mean, how, how did that come about? It really came about... <laughs> It's, it's a pretty funny story, but uh, four of us sitting around and, you know, they were drinking all day. I don't drink, but they were. Somebody came in. We were in Virginia. Somebody came in and flew in because we were going to do some work. And then he got there about seven o'clock at night and he wanted to get picked up. And we were talking to him on the phone and no one wanted to drive an hour and a half to the airport, an hour and a half back. And Mike was the only one that hadn't been drinking and Mike didn't want to drive. So I'm just talking to this gentleman and I'm saying, well, just whatever. And it just absolutely busted everybody up. And then that became like a buzzword. And then I started to hear that word everywhere, everywhere. People were using it. People were using it as cop outs. People were using it when they didn't have anything to say. So you will see that in the book. There's many, many references on television and on movies of people saying it. And now it's, it's written into scripts. Became kind of obsessed with it and made it, made a joke out of it really. And now they call me Mr. Whatever. So I read the book and explain to me and our audience, because I know they're going to read the book as well. Why the book has no chapters. It has no organization or flow. Well, I felt Ron a long time ago, if this book had an organization and flow, it wouldn't be whatever. And also, I knew at the time and during this, my writing of it, I've never, I don't even read much nor write. So I knew I would make mistakes. I knew I couldn't put chapters together. I knew I couldn't write a story. So that's why I just made it whatever. But if there was chapters and everything, then it wouldn't be whatever. Then it would be something else. Something else. Yeah. Not whatever. Right. 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 So that's that's how you came about it. Yeah. Uh, now the fact that it doesn't have any chapters or organization or flow, that that's not going to impede the readers at all, though, right? No, because I call my book I call it seventy five percent positive yeah. and twenty five percent funny. People do tell me they have a difficult time reading it because there is no flow, and that is the object. The object is not to sit down and read the book cover to cover because there is so 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 much information in there and so many good things that i'll call it that you just can't get them all the time so people tell me they pick it up and read two or three pages a day then they move on and have a good day and maybe don't pick it up for a week and read a few more pages but just positive thoughts and positive real world comments let me put it that way back for a minute you, okay. you said your boss came up to you, and uh, I guess the first thing in the morning, he said, how many shirts did you sell? He didn't say hello to you. He right. didn't say, how you doing, Mike? Right. Did you have a you know a nice day yesterday, blah, blah, blah. Did that change your mindset 
when that happened, when you said good morning, did, did something dawn on you? Like, you know, maybe I need to, I, I need to be more positive with people. Did that, did that have an influence on you? Well, it, yeah, Ron, it really struck me kind of hard thinking back on it. And I literally, I was like 20, 21 years old right, working at this retail store and it really hit me. And then from then on, I make it a point to say good morning to people. And when people don't say good morning to me, when they start talking to me, I say good morning to them, which forces them to say good morning back to me, which is also kind of an icebreaker. I am a believer also that a laughter and smile is the universal language. And if you start a conversation like that and you've got a little bit of a smile or you got a little bit of an icebreaker, it really helps the flow of the conversation because business will come. And yes, business does come first, but no, the people come first and then the business comes. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I know I've made it a point in my uh, daily uh, activities. Uh, when I see somebody, I greet them. You know, hi, how are you? Good morning. And it does seem to be a good icebreaker. And I think it makes you feel bad, good and it makes them feel good. Exactly. So it's a positive. It's a win-win, definitely. My icebreaker now, Ron, is people say, well, have a good day all the time, right? Right. And now I say, well, you have a better one. And it catches them off guard. And I just walk, keep walking or move on or do whatever I was doing yeah. and don't just leave. Yeah. But it, it it just seems to get a chuckle out of them. I had one this morning. Guys, oh, thanks. You know. So I guess I might have asked you this question in a roundabout way, but what inspired you to write the book uh, and why did you write it? What inspired me to write the book really was everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. And sometimes my opinions are more forceful or I feel that they need to be heard. And then the pandemic came and I had this stack of in a word document, real, real rough of all these sayings, of all these quotes, of all these comments. And I needed to do something with it. And then at the time, my wife, Joy, she was homeschooling my granddaughter, who was in first grade at the time. So she was really tied up. If you I don't know if you got involved in that. Homeschooling was no, tough. Never, never really did that. tough. Never did. Yeah, that. I was in charge of uh, food and beverage and activities. <laughs> so that's what I did during that. But in the meantime, I got into this book, and Joy said, "I have never, never seen you so focused in my life." And I really was. I just stay focused and get things done. So for the audience out there, just to reiterate. What is whatever about? What is what is the story? Tell us tell us basically what it's about. The underlying theme of the book, Ron, is for you to help yourself first and then for you to help someone else out. And on the back cover of the book, there's a little line on the bottom and you'll see it. And I wrote, remember what they tell you on the airplane, secure your own oxygen first before you help others. So that's what I'm saying here is we're just people helping people in this world. And as soon as we realize that with so much going on, and I cannot even get into all that that's going on now, 
with so much going on, just help each other out. Help out your neighbor. Help out your wife. Everybody's got stuff. No doubt about it. Help them with their stuff. You have stuff. Somebody may help you with your stuff. What I'm trying, I guess what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> well, is the book in some way a self-help, a self-help book? Has it you know been called what? that? I had to do some type of uh, categorization when I put it on Amazon. Yeah. They asked you what categories you'd like that in. And I put that in one of the categories because it is self-help. And if you are, when you read it, you will see things that, oh, yeah, I should do that. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, maybe so. So it really is. You can help yourself out with it. But that's why I was saying you need to read a little bit all the time rather than reading it all at once, because you're not going to remember all that. I pick it up and read it to this day. And I look at it and I go, Mike, where'd you find this stuff? And it's just there. And it helps me out also. Like getting revigorated or rejuiced. Is it the kind of book that you almost have to read more than once to just to, to absorb everything? Yeah, Ron, I really I really do believe that, that you, you need to. And I wanted to put some pictures into it. And then I also have some little stick figures in there that a friend of mine, Lee Nicholas, he would draw those all the time. So I said, Lee, can you draw me some? And sure enough, he drew some. I put them in the book because if you've got a stick figure or if you have a picture, if you have something there, you're going to take your eyes off of the reading to look at the picture and then to go back to the reading. When I first thought of this was back in the early 2000s, and that technology in the Kindles and everything was not even out there yet where you can put a picture on it because it had to be strictly verbiage. Uh -huh. So that, all, that helped an awful lot. So that, that's why I put a lot of pictures in there. And the picture says a thousand words also, as you know. So where did you find where where did you find the many pictures, uh, quotes, rants, and and opinions that are in the book? Well, first of all, I want to tell you you could find everything that you need on the internet now. There's no reason you can't know everything because all you got to do is just look it up. But I did not do that. But I'll tell you what I did, and I had to do it is I had to look up who said that, where did that come from. I don't how to spell a word. I would use the internet for that. But you would you can see on the quotes and everything they're everywhere, just everywhere. Like I and I would call uh, people. I, there was two people I called in particular because they had some really really nice writings, and I just asked them. I told them what I was doing, and I asked them if they could use it, and they said, "Sure, go ahead, go ahead." So I did and put it in the book, and I sent them a book when I've got the book uh, published. I also called the Will Rogers. If you have been sidelined by a stiff, aching back, suffer from sciatica, spinal stenosis, slip disc, herniated discs, bulging discs, just to name a few, then you need to read about and make a determination to order the 60-day money-back guarantee program, Unlock Your Spine. This incredible NASA breakthrough and discovery from 254 miles above Earth is available to you in your home so you can erase your back pain, wipe away sciatica, and improve your mobility. This spinal alignment technique to end your back pain takes only 10 minutes a day. No more gobbling up pain relief pills like they are M&Ms. No more wearing cheap, bulky back braces. No more wasting time with a physical therapist, chiropractor, or massage therapist 
or visiting a doctor for expensive procedures. After trying the spinal alignment technique from your living room, you'll feel the burning, stabbing pain running down your lower back vanish. This is what is possible when you try the spinal alignment technique. This program is backed by a 60-day money-back guarantee. If you don't break free from the back pain and wake up in the morning feeling lighter and more enthusiastic and regain the life that your misaligned spine stole from you, then just send a quick email to the support team within 60 days of your purchase and you will promptly receive a full refund, no questions asked or strings attached. Plus, since you will immediately receive a digital version of the program, you can keep doing the program even after the refund, but I doubt that is going to happen. The cost of the program is being discounted for only $67. Please click the link in the sponsor's notes to read about the program and to order. Institute in Oklahoma City. And they said, oh, yeah, you can use anything you want. That's fine. But what I found out also, and I believe it's 1923 or 1924, any quote before that time, you can republish it. But. After that, you need approval. And if the quote is very short and it's really not a whole meaning, and it's then you can use it. The same thing with words in a song. But if you start using the whole verse or using the whole chapter, then you're plagiarizing. So you can't do that. So that's what I did is I just used all these little things that I saw and that I found, all these pictures and and obviously, a lot of pictures did not make the book, and it just didn't fit in. Was that 1924 thing? Is Does that have to do with copyrights or something? Right, right. And I did look that up on the internet. Okay. So you basically were looking for, uh, in, in, in a lot of instances, the origin of, this, of, of these quotes and everything. Right. Because I'll give you one, Ron, and I did not know this, is... The bird song from the 60s, turn, 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 there's yeah. a season. Yeah. I'm a firm believer of that, that everybody has a turn. But what I didn't know is that actually was from the Bible. And it was a verse, it was a verse in the Bible. And but I took it as the bird song, and I'm believe that everybody has a turn. And right now it's my turn to do this podcast with you. Where and it may be your turn to go on vacation next week. And I shouldn't be mad at that. I should be happy that you're going on vacation because maybe in two weeks I'm going on vacation. And then you should be happy for me. But you know how it is. How come it's not my turn to go? I should be going. Well, it's just not your turn. Yeah. You're trying, you're trying to eliminate that type of uh bad right. thinking. Bad thinking. Right. Did you have to do any extended research for the book? Not really extended research, but I did try to find out as much as I could about what I was writing about and to see the origin, like you said, the origin where it came from. And I tried to find quotes and things that wasn't part of the norm, that wasn't part of the everyday all the time, that these are some really off-the-wall stuff. Did you have a uh, targeted or expected audience for the book when you wrote it? Did you, you, know did you what, think Ron, it was just going to be for a certain segment of of people, or or was it, you know? Some other everybody? people have asked me that exact question. And no, I just feel it's for everybody, and everybody can take a little something out of it. 
And I'll be very honest with you. Some of the things some people may not agree with. That's fine. Some of the jokes in there, they may not think they're funny. But what's funny for some is not funny for all. It's just the way I felt about it. And you can accept it or you can just move on and then don't accept it. And whatever it really is, is for everyone. And my granddaughter, who's 10 years old, I'm having her read it. And I've got a couple pictures of her in there also that I just fell right into what I was saying in the book. Has she started reading it, you said? Yeah, yeah. What was, what was, did you get any feedback from her yet? Not really feedback, but sometimes we're driving in the car and I may say something, then she'll go, oh, granddaddy, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that's good. Now, a, uh, a lot of people find the word whatever annoying. Did, did that concern you using it as, as a title? Because I, no, I, I, I mean, it's used so much. You hear it so much, you know, and when you say it, a lot of people go, oh, geez, you know. No, Ron, it didn't really concern me because of what I told you earlier. It just kind of became a buzzword that was really, really, really funny. In 19, you know, in 2013. Yeah. What it, whatever was the most annoying word when taken in a survey of 38% of the 1,700 people surveyed. And it's just, it. everybody says it, everybody. I'm at a conversation with a lot of people at dinner, and it's said 10, 15 times at dinner just by different people, just in conversation. And, if, and then what I would do, seriously, I'd be sitting on the couch. I would stop my VCR, and I re would record what was said when the word whatever was said, and then I'd carry on with it. And that's also in my book, so you may have a survivor reference of some. Somebody said something, then they were used the word whatever. And I was just trying to get to the point where everybody uses it wherever and whenever. Mike, do you have plans to, uh, for another writing endeavor? You know what? People have asked me that, and I'm going to say no. And what I tell them, why don't you do it? Everybody's got a book inside them. I can help you with it, and I can show you some of the things that I stumbled on that you won't have to. And I'll help you with that. But no, but I am, I do collect things and I do take a lot of pictures as we all do. And uh, as of right now, no, and we'll just see what happens down the road. Right. Never say never. That's exactly right. What do you want people to remember and to relate to and take away from reading this book? What I ask people to do when they read the book, and I have literally, Ron, I have given out approximately 175 books that cost me, and I just gave them to people because I know a in my business, um, I know a lot of people. So I gave them a book or I'd go to my doctor and I gave him a book. I go to the, the lawyer and I gave him a book just for fun. But what I'm asking them to do when I give them a book, when they read the book, I want three things from you, please. I want to smile. I want to laugh. And then I want you to take one of these little quotes or sayings or what I'll call a little nugget out of there and make it you. Make it you. One of my favorite ones in Bohica. I don't know if you've ever heard Bohica, B-O-H-I-C-A. It stands for bend over. Here it comes again. Ah. And what I'm basically saying, when life just throws things at you, you go in to get your car fixed. And oh, 
Ron, we, you need to get a Johnson rod, right? So what are you going to do? So you just say Bohica, and then you just move on. And we can't determine what's expected, but we can determine what we do with it. If you remember back in, there's a Lady Vols basketball coach, uh, Pat Summit. She's, the I think, one of the most winningest coach in ladies basketball, and she was for the Tennessee Volunteers. Right. And she passed away from Alzheimer's and a problem with it. And anyway, people would say to her, it is what it is. And she would come back and say, yes, it is what it is, but it will be what you make it. So to this day, when people say that to me all the time, I put it right back at them. I say, yep, it is, but it will be what you make it. Because it is what it is, right? Right. But when, what are you, you going to do about it? So I would say that uh, people can read this book and chances are they'll probably pick one, two, three, four, I don't know, but they'll they'll have their favorites, obviously, and they'll take that away. I mean, there's so many quotes in there and there's so many things in there. It's probably I've your hope. A- it's probably your hope they 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 stick with a few of those things and and they use it in their life. Right. And also I want it for enjoyment. I found somewhere two pages of Rodney Dangerfield quotes. Oh, How wow. funny was he? Yeah. And then I found another three or four pages of football coaches' comments. Hilarious stuff. And I, that's in my book. So it's not all quotes. It's a lot of funny stuff. It's some rants. It's some other things that I saw. But And that's why I call this, too, it's really a book about you. Because you can relate to a lot of this. I have like 15 or 20 mom sayings. What did your mom tell you? Everybody can relate to that. So it's really about you. And like I said, you'll say, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Oh, is that so? So. Well, let me throw something. Let me throw something your way. You wrote the book. You all these quotes. Obviously, you can't remember them all. But which ones uh, were your favorites? What what, what stuck out? What what do you what do you think? One of them that stuck out with me a lot is Will Rogers. Yeah, and he said, "If you don't like change, you're going to watch." And how true is that? Of what we all have been through. I'm going to say the last 20 years, absolutely crazy. So that is really the one that's really on the top of my list. Okay. Fair enough. Mike, what words of advice do you have for people out there uh, from all your observations to make their lives more meaningful and happier? Basically what I'd like them to do is just to be true to themselves and, and to go out and take care of yourself and take care of somebody else. Please, please, please don't hurt anybody. Do the right thing. Do what you think you need to do to help out your family. And what is the right thing to do that? And that's not going to happen overnight. And it's a way of life. It's not just, okay, I'll do it for 20 minutes. And then I'll turn and I'll do something else. It's just the way you have to approach yourself. And you know, everybody doesn't think the same. And it's really tough at times for me sometimes when how could you not think how could you think like that but but people do because they just don't everybody just doesn't think the same but that's what makes us all unique and that's what makes us a society that we're in where can people obtain the book well it is at your all your local out 
outfits that you have, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble. Um, yeah, Am I'm sorry, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, the books, the bookmark, uh, walmart.com. And it's available in hard copy, which is a six by nine paperback, about 250 pages. And it's also available at on your Kindle, if you use a Kindle or your Barnes and Noble app. Okay, so it's out there. Now, how yeah. can people uh, contact you? Well, I do have a website that's a prog that's in the progress in making, however you say that. And just go to www.thewhateverbook.com, and you'll see my website there. And then you'll also see a little video that Covenant, my publisher in, from South Carolina, what they put together for me. And that's also on YouTube. And if you look at that and just if you Google my name, Mike J. Aronson, the whatever book, I'm astounded by it. But it's in all these different languages and it's all these prints and all these reviews that people did that I don't even know who they are. You know, people have a business and that's what they do. So it's basically everywhere. OK, so uh it's www.thewhateverbook.com. And you can also uh Google Mike. Mike J. Aronson, uh, the whatever book, and that we will put in the podcast notes. Okay, uh, Ron, one other thing, please. Yeah, what you yeah. really is the best, the best thing to get me at is AACT services at yahoo.com. That's Apple, Apple, Charlie, Tom, then the word services at yahoo.com. That's actually my work email. So, all right, you want to get a hold of Mike for whatever reason? Uh, AACT services at yahoo.com. That we'll put that in the uh, podcast notes too. Thank I you. Wanna th okay. I want to thank, thank you, Mike, for being on the podcast and telling us about your very uniquely written book. Uh, I want to wish you much success with the book and your work going forward. Comments and suggestions for the podcast, you can e email me at it's a wrap with rap at gmail.com. We have a Facebook group and page. It's a wrap with rap. We have a, a couple thousand people on that. Instagram, we're at It's a Wrap with Rap Podcast. We are on Twitter at, at Rapper, W-R-A-P-P-E-R 130. That's at Rapper 130. Uh, and that's new. We just started uh, being on Twitter. Our website is It's a Wrap with Rap.com. And all the episodes are on YouTube. It's a Wrap with Rap, the podcast uncut. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please stay safe. And for now, it's a wrap.